0: You are listening to an Anna Owl Ministries podcast. Hey, Christian, you hear that? What's that? Zinky Oodle. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Technology, part of our primarily political series. Uh, And you guys might be wondering why we're doing this or anything like that. Isn't this a geek podcast, a Christian podcast, whatever? Well, here's the deal. In America, we're having our first Republican debates, nominee debates today. And uh, part of that is hearing a bunch of grown men argue about things, but not give you any substance and people being really upset about politics. And by politics, they mean what side you're on, if you're on the side that they like or not, basically. So... For Systematic ecology, for the next year up running up to the election, we're going to be doing a series looking at the politics in our favorite fandoms. We're not going to be talking about American politics necessarily. It might come up, but that's not the goal. The goal is mostly to talk about the politics that are already in the things we're geeking out on and to just explore it well. And we want to show how to disagree well. And, of course, we want them a little bit lighthearted. So we're going to do the opposite of the debates. We're going to talk about real issues not which side you're on, and we're going to be as lighthearted as possible. And what better way to be lighthearted than to start talking with My Little Pony? Of course. And uh, and to go along with that, of course, you see me drinking out of my theology beer cup some nice strawberry milk, as any grown man who watched My Little Pony would do. <laughs> I am Joshua Noll, one of your hosts, and I am joined by the man who got me hooked on A show called My Little Pony Friendship is Magic.
1: The one and only Christian Ashley. How's it going? I'm all right, Joshua. It's an all right day. Just got some work done at school and I'm just here to have fun. Yeah, I
0: had had to vent a little bit. I like like I ranted at the beginning there because I am pretty frustrated. If you're listening and you can't tell, my audio is pretty bad. Um, My computer's USB ports decided to just fry. So now I can't connect mics to or cameras to my computer, which is great because I just got a camera for you guys to see me better. And now it doesn't work. And I had a backup computer. I figured it out and I got the camera to work. And it turns out the backup computer is so slow that it can't run the StreamYard that we're streaming this on. So I'm just going to ask you guys to put up with this for a day. Tomorrow I'm going to try and get some stuff and fix it. So hopefully it won't continue to sound like this. But for today... Before we get to the the, Republican debates for those of us who are in America, we thought it would be nice to start off with a nice glass of milk and to discuss My Little Pony. So if you want to hear other episodes in this playlist, so far we've only done one before this. Their playlist for the series is in the show notes, and as we continue to grow, that playlist will stay active. You can actually copy it into most podcast players with your RSS feed and... It'll update you when we do more of this series. Yeah. So now into the main topic for today. Christian, we're going to start talking about My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. What is it? What is it not? I know a lot of people are thinking of like, this is a show that's exclusively for young girls and it's kind of weird that men are watching it or adults are caring about this. Christian, for the love of God, since you got me stuck on this, could you clear things up for everybody? What is this show really about?
1: Sure. Uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, is obviously a show intended for young girls that came out in 2010, if I remember correctly. And it's all about our main pony, Twilight Sparkle, as she is being apprenticed to Princess Celestia, the the main like big good of the series, who's you know, watching over her kingdom and all that and twilight she's noticed is a bit of a somebody takes things way too seriously but she doesn't really have friends so she forces her into this area to where she meets five other uh ponies that she becomes friends with and that's part of the series is typically at the end of the episode you'll have one of our main cast or maybe a side character writing to princess celestia say hey this is what i learned about friendship today and we'll get to how that's uh, kind of subverted in the first episode we're going to talk about too as well (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's wild. It's fun because even in the earlier episodes, they're all given like, I forget what it is like crystals or something, but like each one represents an element of friendship and uh what you're going to hear. There's a lot of examples, but the one that's interesting to me for today is applejack applejack is the, the cowgirl pony in that picture there. And uh she is representing honesty. And what we're going to see in three episodes that we picked to discuss today uh honesty is, And this show tends to be at odds with capitalism. So we'll discuss why and how. Uh, The episode we're going to be talking about primarily today, we'll talk about other My Little Pony stuff too, because, you know, why not? Ponies are cute. Um, Season 2, episode 15, the super speedy cider squeezy 6000. Season 4, episode 20, 420, Leap of Faith. And then the Christmas special, The Best Gift Ever. And the reason we're focusing on them is because of the characters, Flim and Flam, who are the embodiment of capitalism in this show. But before we get to all that, Christian, you're why I had to start watching this. I saw it, it was too good, I got hooked.
1: Why were you watching it, man? Let's see. I I think it was halfway through when the first season was airing. I was on uh, like TV Tropes or Reddit or something like that and I kept hearing people Hype this show up like grown men and women saying you gotta watch this and i'm like this is a joke right uh, people are trying to troll me to, to watch this children's show aimed for little girls and i said you know what <laughs> screw it uh what am i gonna do on this evening like i'm gonna be watching something else anyways so let me find where i can find it uh we weren't able to find it back then so Back in the day, YouTube used to be a place where you could just look up whole episodes or even half episodes. Oh, it's still a thing. Oh, it is. It's a little harder to find nowadays. And so I looked it up and fell in love with this weird and wacky and zany world of, you know, there's this bit of ultra friendship. And guys, we just band together. We can do this. And, you know, as a Shonen fan... Uh, that just appeals to me anyways. So, and then I got my uh, roommate, John hooked on it. and said, John, you got to watch this show. I said, Christian, you're insane. It's like, no, t- John, you got to watch this show. She, so he was always an <laughs> behind me. For the record,
0: Christian <laughs> is insane.
1: <laughs> I know a lot of people probably think that about me on this show, uh, that are listening right now. And I don't blame you one bit. So then after that, I started introducing it to more of my friends in college He's like, guys, you, trust me. You gotta watch this. And you were one of those. I managed because when you hear yep. the good news, like you gotta <laughs> evangelize, you know.
0: Truly, truly, because it sounds insane. But when someone like Christian tells you, you're like, I, you know, I guess, I guess I'll see this through. You know, he he throws around those like creative writing credentials, and you're like, no, trust me, this is a well thought out, nuanced story. And you're like, dude, it's ponies. And then you're like five minutes in, and you're like. Holy crap, these are like some complex thoughts. Uh huh. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's complex. It's nuanced. Um, we can see like there's several layers. Like, usually when you say a show's for kids and adults, you mean that it's a kid show that occasionally makes adult jokes. It kind of has that, but really, this is both like it's layers. You have these like deep cut nerd references, like, you straight up have Q and David Tennant's Doctor Who in this, and you Uh also straight up have. These like like what we're going to talk about today, where you have the theme of is it better to be honest and take your time or quick and whatever is like the kid version. But in the same episode, the adult candy is, hey, is capitalism evil? <laughs> so when the kids are learning about honesty. You're over here like, wait a minute. Is capitalism evil? <laughs> and, and not yeah, only that, one of the, like one of the great things about the show. Uh, yeah, it is. And on that top that it's of all layered. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and on top of all that. The thing that nerds love about nerdy things is when you have a well-built world that Phil's lived in. And man, do you have that. And they didn't do like a lot of kids' shows where like they just don't explain stuff. It's like, oh, you know, there's unicorns. No, 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 no. There's a system here. There's a reason why unicorns can get their wings if they become princess. Like, the magic has rules. Like, real rules. It's not just, oh, it's that way. And it's explained pretty thoroughly. And I'm like, wow, that's, um okay. They got dragon lore correctly everything. I was like, this is um intense.
1: As time goes on in the show, like the lore and the world building they do is really intense. Like I've been in D and D campaigns before where the DM hasn't put as much thought into what they do here.
0: Yeah. uh, Truly. It is actually incredible how well thought out
1: the show is
0: and how it does. It just works for kids. Like it's so happy and so fun and positive. And it's hard to be an adult watching this and not go, okay, but I really kind of want to know how they address capitalism again. Or you're like, (laughs) Wait a minute. Okay, so rarity is her thing is generosity, but she's a diva. How does that work? And you get to explore the nuance of Rarity's character, and you're like, man, I know no kids picking up on this, but that writer really went all out. It's like Phil Collins with Star with uh, Tarzan, where it's like he didn't have to do this for us, but he did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Man, sorry, I I love this show, and obviously we could geek out forever, but. Christian, could you run down real quick who are our main ponies that we're going to be talking about today?
1: Oh, sure. Including
0: Spike. So do got, Spike do
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, Twilight Sparkle, like I said earlier, she's an apprentice, very studious young pony, and I have to get used to saying that as a descriptor. Uh, and she gets very into things, she's very knowledgeable, but like practically she has no like street smarts, let's put it that way. Or how to wrestle with other people's feelings and emotions. And that's one of the things, one of many things she learns over the course of the show. And you have Applejack, who is our down to earth, little, little cowgirl, little cowpony that is, you know, very hardworking and very I kind love Applejack. <laughs> A great character there. And then we have uh, Fluttershy, my favorite in that she is very sweet, very quiet, always looking after animals and, not really good around other people, very shy, very introverted, but has a very big heart and wants to help people. Then let's say we have Rarity. We mentioned her as well. She's very, she's the fashionista. She's the one who's always got, she knows where she's going to go, what she's going to do. And you're going to do things her way or the highway. And next up we'll have, let's see, let's go with rainbow dash in my second favorite. She is the brash, arrogant, like, I'm faster and better than all of you. Like, I can get anything done myself. And part of her journey along the way is learning to rely on other people. Let's see. Who am I forgetting? Let's see. Oh, Pinkie Pie. Uh, Pinkie Pie is your chaos incarnate, pretty much, in like a a fun way, in that she looks after her friends, but she's always there to have a good time. She's always partying, uh, looking after other people, wanting to give them gifts, wanting to look, look after them, see that their needs are met and then we have good old spike spike is essentially i mean you could argue he's twilight's familiar but he's there to like take take her notes for <laughs> like keep her honest and make sure that you know she's not getting too high strung for her own good and all this and he's typically the ones who dictates her notes whenever someone's writing to princess celestia so there we go yeah. there's our uh, our main cast
0: Man, one of the most interesting things was Spike. Uh, so they show in the show, just like dragon, real dragon lore, you know, dragons love gold. They hoard things and they see like adult dragons are doing that. And, you know, they had to fight a couple in the show. What's fun is Spike is a dragon, but he's a baby dragon. But if you pay attention, he's still he's still in that early stages where he will hoard things. And it's like they just kind of like threw this in like you see him becoming a real dragon. And it's like well, they didn't even need to do that. But they're like, yeah, hey, we're gonna keep this thing consistent in the lore. Can't break canon, you know? Yes, yeah. I, I just love the thoroughness of it. I'm like, oh. and then you mentioned Pinkie Pie as a chaos. Um, she's the party pony. In fact, she is in fact a a certified expert party pony, mm-hmm. thanks to Weird Al himself, who plays Cheese Sandwich, which was basically just Weird Al. Yes. It was fantastic. Um, other references, I mentioned uh, that Doctor Who's basically in this. There's a character called Doctor Hooves, who looks, looks very
1: much like in David the Tennant. Episode
0: we're talking yeah. about today. Yeah. And a few others. And his hair and everything, he looks very much like David Tennant. At one point, he gets into a blue phone box for some reason and he's trying to invent a time machine at several points in the show. <laughs> and his yeah. thought is the pony that hangs out with him looks suspiciously like Rose with a rose... A cutie mark mm-hmm. um and what was the other one? Oh, oh, q we'll get to that later we'll get to yeah. that later but q from star trek is just a part of the show undeniably yes <laughs> oh, absolutely god i love this but i mentioned today we're mostly going to be discussing the flim flam brothers these guys here they are <laughs> christian before we get into this first episode who are the flim flam
1: brothers I and mean, essentially, they're your snake oil salesman of the series. They're, except they're also really good businessmen too. It's weird because, like, uh, in other episodes, they're hawking stuff that doesn't work at all, and and but in others, they're very competent at their job. They're able to produce things and manufacture them way better than your normal means. Like, they're there for the sake of profit. They're there for the sake of screwing other people so that they themselves can enrich themselves and. Whoever gets caught in the crossfire gets caught in the crossfire.
0: Yeah. Every time they show up, I, I think consistently they represent capitalism, whether it be good, bad in between. Whenever these creators were like, we want to comment on capitalism. They just brought out the Flim Flam brothers. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So the first episode that we are going to discuss is the super speedy cider squeezy 6000. What a name. What a name. Christian, could you describe
1: what happens in season two, episode 15? Uh, So we basically start off with uh, Rainbow Dash waking up Fluttershy because every year around this time is when the cider is being made. And like it's an event in. uh, Oh, gosh, what is the name of their town? Is it it really just Ponyville? Ponyville. Yeah. Yeah. Ponyville. Ponyville, Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Fake fan. here, (laughs) And like everyone knows about it. So everyone congregates and tries to get there early. Rainbow Dash says, I'm going to be the first one there. I wasn't able to get it last year. I'm going to do it. They arrive. Who's first in line, of course, is Pinkie Pie. And then there's other people who've camped out, literally, like it's some um, release of some, like, Elder Scrolls game <laughs> or what have you. <laughs> so she's at the end of the line. They're producing as much cider as they can. It's her turn, Rainbow Dash, and they run out. And Wah. at that moment, is Wah. yeah is when the Flim Flam brothers show up and they produce their own cider and they can do it much quicker because they're more modernized and more mechanized than our good, honest uh, pony folk here in Applejack's family. Uh, you know, good old salt, salt of the earth and they just can't produce the same way. So they end up in conflict with each other. Uh, gosh, uh, Granny Smith, the grandmother, gets called uh, a chicken, which of course is a reference to Back to the Future. And that causes them to end up in a conflict. It's like, okay, we can do it better than you. They have that fight. Uh, Our side actually loses. But in the process of trying to outdo them, the Flam Flam brothers end up uh, lowering their standards, shall we say. Can't imagine where anyone would have gotten that idea from. (laughs) And end up giving a bad product. So uh, Applejack and her family do ultimately win in the fact that they're run out of town the flim flam brothers for not producing the best product like they can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's so, it's so interesting because like you, you see, you see the face value thing of like, right? Like, Hey kids, be honest, work hard. Even if it takes longer, it's worth getting a good, you know, doing your best work instead of cutting corners and cheating. But then you also see like, like we mentioned the layers, Here's this thing of is industrialism good or bad? You notice the machine actually worked really well, made cider that Mm -hmm. was just as good, and was faster than the apple family until the apple family got help, and then they started to cut corners to do it. But realistically, the apple family on their own could not have kept up with this machine. Yes, and yeah, it's funny because and I analyzing it as like if I was mayor of Ponyville for some reason, like really. Politically, the best move here would have been for the Apple Farm to buy that machine because they could still have done the good work, made their stuff faster and had enough for everybody. But Flynn Brothers are greedy. They're not going to think of that. They want all the business. They wanted 70% of the profit, right? Like, they're not going to just sell yeah. their machine and leave.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a very like John Henry moment here. For those of you, you know, your American folklore of uh, like, yeah, human ingenuity can do great things, but ultimately we're gonna lose to machines along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So man, what a it's
1: just it's so wild. And and of course you
0: have the honesty thing, right? Applejack's thing is honesty. And what it came mm-hmm. down to is even when they were losing, they refused to cut corners. So honesty won over capitalism in the end. Um Christian, what is that like you know it's a kid's show. Yeah, yeah. When you first watched this, like what was your thoughts? Did you like think of any of this deeper stuff or were you just like oh that was fun?
1: Right, like watching these episode to episode. I didn't always think of a bigger like purpose for what's going on. I just took face value. Like and later on I would always normally think, you know, when I got to the fridge or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, that's what <laughs> they were discussing. And yeah, like seeing that point there of, you know, there is such a thing as industrialization being ultimately better producing than <laughs> Just a couple of people. And well, we don't want that in Ponyville. We don't want that in the world. We want good, honest people doing their jobs, but it's cheaper to do it this way. It's more effective to do it this way. So what's going to be done? Well, the one that costs the boss less. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And then what was interesting, too, is just this whole uh, there's also this if you pay attention, there's also the storyline in this episode of small business versus big business. You see, the Mm -hmm. Flame Brothers have gone town to town, completely monopolizing the cider industry. Meanwhile, the Apple Farm is this small business that's local to Ponyville. It's a staple of the community. And even the community is like, "Okay, but we love you guys. You're a staple of the community. Rainbow Dash is like, yeah, but I still haven't had cider the last like three years. Yes. so it's like oh do i do i fall for this is like you know my rant of utilitarianism it's like do you fall for utilitarianism and you know what in the end i can actually get the apple cider this way and i could not get it with this small business or do you go with you know what i prefer like method and you're like what is the right thing here supporting our local businesses is right even if it means i might not always get what i want
1: yeah and it's kind of like you know Going to Walmart versus going to six different places.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: I still go it, to Walmart sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, there's nothing inherently wrong with going to Walmart. Yeah. Like, it's, it's cheap. It's and Amazon effective. Too. That's, yeah. Amazon, too. Like, to get an idea of just, it's more practical. It's, it's cheaper. It's, you're probably going to get what you want all in one place. But it's also worth saying, well, if we don't also, look after the smaller businesses, well, then they have no reason to compete Mm -hmm. with us and they can give that inferior product, which is what ultimately happens in this episode too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, (laughs) that's for me, the the nuanced part of this is, you know what? At the end of the day, if you want some apple cider, sometimes you got to go to Walmart to get your apple cider. (laughs) It's not going to be as good. But man, you really wanted apple cider. And I don't think that's evil. But I do think we need to care and try to support our smaller businesses. Um, It's a lot like for me, like, um, like food and being humanitarian towards like animals and stuff. Uh, For a long time, I could not afford free range chickens. So I never got to eat that. I just ate the cheapest chicken at the store because it's what I could afford. Um, I'm a little bit more blessed these days. Usually, if I'm going to buy chicken, I don't buy it as much. And when I do, I get the free range and I try to, like, be more responsible in that way. But I'm not going to look back at someone else who's making what I made a couple of years ago and go, hey, man, you got to start doing it now. But, you know, I get it. Yeah, I get it, man. We all have our limitations, but I think to the best of our abilities, we support what we believe in over these other things. But don't starve yourself. Don't you know? punish yourself. By like, oh, I'm never going to go to Walmart, even if it's the only place that sells food. Oh, that's, that's dumb, man. If all you can afford is Walmart, go to Walmart.
1: <laughs> yeah. And a huge part of that, too, you mentioned was personal conviction. Like, for me, I do as best as possible, and it's really hard with how many many companies they actually own. I do my best not to support Nestle, because I know a lot of the chocolate that I'm getting from them, as my voice cracked there, sorry, becoming a man, is is coming from child slavery in Africa. and. South America and plenty of other places. And like, can I, in good conscience, reward someone for doing that? And I say, no, but there's plenty of other people that just buy the candy. It's like they're not inherently evil for doing that, so I can't enforce my values upon them simply because it offends me.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And I still eat. If someone offered me a candy bar from Nestle, I'd still eat it. Like, it's already been bought. What am I going to do? Throw it away? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's still one of those, like, it's important to think about,
0: it's important to care about. And when you're thinking of, like, who you support in ministry, who you support in your politics, whatever country you do live in, et etc. Yeah, I mean, it's important to think about, like, how are they supporting small businesses? Are they supporting Nestle? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, do your values truly match up with the leaders and the people, the companies that you support? Um, and you know what, maybe not every time you can go with, I'm only going to vote for people who eat free range chicken and I'm only going to, you know, like, yeah, that that might not yeah. be realistic, but like,
1: it, it, yeah, go ahead. Use wisdom. Sorry. Yeah. It's next to impossible to act always ethically when you're consuming a product because a lot of people cut corners, a lot of people True. do things they shouldn't be doing. And yet it's probably the better option to do that or the cheaper option or that's all you can afford like. And if that's not what we're trying to say here, if you do this, you're evil, and we want nothing of you. No, that's, it's like, hey, I, I recognize the fact ethical consumerism is next to impossible, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do my part as best I can.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'll just love it with you guys, and we'll move on.
1: There are some books uh, I got to
0: pre order through Amazon, or it's just cheaper through Amazon, and it's no shipping. But usually. I try to go to, there's a bookstore here in near where I live in Rock Hill, South Carolina. That is a, it's used books from the library and all of the sales go to support the local library. So I'm like, Hey, I'm supporting local business. I'm supporting our library. I'm supporting kids actually being able to read. That's something I feel really good about at the end of the day. And it also happens to be cheaper if they happen to have what I want. <laughs> Cause usually they'll sell their books for like two or $3. Cause it's just something from the library that's, All the money's going straight back. So I can get some pretty cheap books and do a lot of good doing it. So sometimes, you know, small businesses are smart. They know what they're doing. You got to pay attention. Yeah. Okay. We ready for the next one? Yes, sir. You mentioned them being snake oil pushers. And this is it. This is it. Season four, episode 20, our 420 episode. Um, Which, I gotta say, part of me wonders if it was intentional, because you know how people are like, weed is like a cure-all, like you're gonna have no joint pains, you're gonna suddenly be, it's it's so good for you. And I'm like, okay, first off, there are some benefits to CBD, but uh, y'all are overblowing it, and CBD and smoking weed are two different things. Very much so. Side tangent aside, Christian, could you explain what is the episode Leap of Faith about?
1: Okay, so we kind of start once again with all the Apple family together. They're swimming around. But Granny Smith isn't because she's feeling very old and she's not capable of what she was able to do back when she was younger. So that gets everyone upset because, you know, they want her to be well. They want her to have fun, but she just can't. She's she's getting older. And of course, our good old boys, Flem and Flam, end up coming into town with their miracle (laughs) curative tonic, which they claim will cure all (laughs) ills. And they have their typical setup there where they pick randomly from the crowd. And there's a a pony there. It looks like he might have their version of multiple sclerosis. I always screw up that word. There's that lisp and stutter coming in there. I don't even try it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Some of us are dumb enough to do it. And it's like, oh, he's magically cured. The moment he drinks from this tonic, it's like, oh, well, I want that. Who doesn't want to feel healthy and well with like not working for anything at all, I say as the laziest person probably here. I would eat this thing up if it was actually real. So they start making money and money and money, and Applejack has noticed as time has gone on, oh, that same guy in the crowd keeps getting picked because they make the mistake of doing the same, uh, acting on the same marks over and over again versus moving on to the next town. A rookie mistake there. And she goes up to them and says, hey, like, you can't be doing this, but this whole time, Granny Smith is actually, looks like she's doing better. Like, she's able to do no physical feat she wasn't able to do earlier. Like, she's swimming now. She seems like she's more full of life. And Applejack doesn't want to take that away from her. And they go, yeah, it's a scam, but like, it's making her feel good, so isn't that really good in the end? So she gives up her morals for a bit until it's like she can't take it anymore, and Granny Smith is about to make the biggest mistake of her life by plummeting down as uh, however old pony she is into a very tall bucket this can be very short bucket of water which is an actual thing by the way except that uh, back in the 1800s and 1900s they had ponies like jumping into bodies of water for uh, like circuses and events for stuff like that huh. and before Who Granny Smith yeah, can uh, die from this Applejack glasses her saves her and then like says hey I, I was wrong I shouldn't have done this as opposed to the last episode where I forgot to say like you typically get that letter from Celeste uh, to Celestia at the end, We're like, hey, I learned this lesson. Like <laughs> Applejack's letter to her, hey, Princess Celestia, I learned nothing <laughs> because
0: I was always right. <laughs> I knew that my friends would be there for me, and I knew that
1: small business is better. And <laughs> as opposed to this one, was that she gave up hmm. her morality, she gave up her ability to be uh, objective, and that cost her and almost caused her to lose her grandmother. So. Hmm. There we go. At the end, like they're, they're run out of town again after it's found out that they've been you know, screwing over people and giving them the fake cure. So that's where we end. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I uh This episode, like it made me laugh and then it made me sad because <laughs> hmm. like it was it was funny to watch Granny just be like crazy cool and doing all this stuff. But then you're also like, oh, wait, she actually was in danger. <laughs> and like things like yeah. this really exist. See, y'all don't understand how political My Little Pony can be. I One of my biggest pet peeves is the, the medical system here in America. I know it's not the same everywhere else. A lot of places have it a lot better figured out. But the amount of hospitals that are just directly funded by medical companies, and it's like, hmm, I wonder why they're pushing this medicine. And uh, then you look it up and, like, mm-hmm. see who's funding the hospital. And it's like, yeah, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, except for if you do the research, it's just actually a conspiracy. Like, it's just true. The amount of patents companies have on like cures for breast cancer and those same companies are the ones making money on the wear pink ribbons shirts. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of scary. <laughs> and it's just like this stuff happens all the time where like businesses, capitalists, you know, they try to fool the elderly or fool whoever they can just to make a buck off them, regardless of is it safe or is it worth doing?
1: Well, not only that, I took a more like religious side of things to this. In the the faith healer community that oh, yeah. just doesn't die like it should. I mean, like, obviously we look in scripture, we see, you know, Jesus healing the sick or the apostles or one of the prophets of old. And like, that's a gift God can give someone to help someone in dire need of healing. But then now, I mean, it's been all across history ever since then. We have fakes out there who will have uh, a plant in the audience you know, pretend to be uh, sick and feeble, and then suddenly one smack in the head, and they can walk again. And, like, oh, uh, man, you just didn't have enough faith when I did it for you. Like, you should give me more money and keep coming to these things. And that's essentially what they're doing here, too. Now, I don't know if they intended yeah. it like that, but that's what I saw. Yeah, I didn't even think about that.
0: But yeah, that's it's exactly that. Um, which, you know, a lot of your big churches on TV are doing the same thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just not an in intent but they still have plants. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. It's gross. Um, but you know, and it's funny because like, of course, and then again, you, you still have the very obvious kid version of the lesson of, Hey, sometimes you just got to believe in yourself and you could do more than you think you can, you know, cause granny thought she couldn't swim, but it turns out she could have. And you know, you have the honesty was the best policy, you know, that even if things seem better, Utilitarian, and even if you think lying comes up with the best outcome, it turns out doing things for the outcome is bad because you don't always know the real outcome, which is why you should just do what's right. (laughs) Sorry, it's funny because even the kid version, I'm like, yeah, the utilitarian thing is just right there. But the kid version, you know, it's about honesty, it's about faith. But then, you know, again, you have the adults watching this going, oh, utilitarianism. You see the adults watching going, oh, faith healing, um, you know, the medical system. You see, um, placebo effect you know what that's actually mm-hmm. just a real thing you know as adults we're like oh wait no that that actually happens like that's just not something they made up for this <laughs> you know but it's a so,
1: feather for dumbo
0: yeah yeah and it just it fascinates me that this show was able to do both of those things so well like kids would love this but also as an adult i'm like i got so much out of this like more than like most like serious novels that i read these days like I still feel like sometimes I get more out of My Little Pony just because of how well they wrote this. Um, And and I know we said we're not going to go too far American, so I'm going to try and make this a little bit broad. But thinking of like the utilitarian of this kind of thing, it it reminds me of how many times people say, oh, I'm actually going to vote for this person or go with this party because it's not this other thing that would be worse. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, that's just utilitarian. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you're being dishonest. You're not voting for who you want. You're not following the politics that you actually believe in. You're doing what you think is going to have the best outcome. You're voting for a guy because you think it's going to get you the Supreme Court that you want, you know, or you're going with this or party because it's be going to power. Yeah. Or because it's going to get this policy passed. And realistically, the same thing does apply. You don't know the actual outcome. They might tell you till they're blue in the face. They're going to pass out the, the laws you want and get who you want in there. And it just might not pan out that way. Because, yeah, which is why you don't vote for a guy who's going to get the policy you want or the people in place that you want. You vote for who you actually believe in and who lines up best with your morals. Because if things don't play out the way you think, you still know that guy is going to act closer to what you believe than someone who you just voted for to keep something else from happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it goes, you know, it goes outside of voting. I mean, even like in your churches, in your companies, you know, who you're going to have as your manager, who are you going to have as like your leader in this podcasting world, right? Who are we going to choose for host of our show? Am I just doing it because, man, I really need someone who can record four times a month. So we're going to bring in this new host. Or did we talk to the guy? Do we get to know them and go, okay, no, that's someone, even if I don't agree with him about all things that I know is passionate, cares about God, cares about the things that I care about even if we care about it differently. You know, Mm -hmm. so I I think this principle applies outside of just politics, outside of what we usually think of politics, because realistically hosts and management and all that is still politics. Anything that involves people and structuring, that's politics, by the way. God cares deeply about politics. So, yeah, I don't know. What what do you, anything else you want to add to that? Or I know I kind of ranted for a bit.
1: No, you're good. But there's also just that, buyer beware philosophy that is used here, because it inherently speaking, by the law, they're not really doing anything wrong until, you know, later on, we have things like the FDA, which says, hey, this actually does this. It's not doing this like they're advertising. So, hey, you're just taking a gummy because they said it's going to do this for you, or you're taking this supplement. It's going to increase your whatever. And Really, it's just there so they can make money off of someone who doesn't look at the fine print. Like, even though those things are still out, they're still technically not illegal. So that's something we all need to learn. I'm like, especially I'm glad to do this at a young age for kids, too. It's like just because someone something promises something doesn't mean they have your best interests in mind. One fun example. I keep
0: going back to grocery stores. I must be hungry. Uh, The word organic can mean pretty much anything they want. (laughs) You could write organic on almost anything. Um, Non-GMO means very little. Also, GMOs just aren't as scary as they sound. I I don't know why those three letters just sound so scary, but most things have been modified genetically, and it's for your safety, and it's mostly a good thing. There are a few that are really bad, though. So, you know, you got to watch as
1: we have right now. They don't grow in the wild. (laughs) No, no, they don't for us to be that organically. Yes. (laughs) So they are genetically modified organisms. You buy a banana wherever you're buying a genetically modified organism. But yeah, and I, yeah. And there's so many things that are just interesting. I mean, even like, which first
0: off calories is just a stupid concept. I just got to throw that out there, guys. Calories aren't real. It's just how much it takes, if you, how much hotter water would get if you took your food, put it in water, and then lit it on fire. Newsflash, your body does not do that. So calories don't Mm -hmm. actually mean anything. That's a whole different rant. But, uh, like, carbs. It could say zero zero carbs and still have two grams of carbs because zero is close, two is close like, yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that are mislabeled, yeah. labeled incorrectly, or just kind of thrown around because we care more about our money than we care about truth or honesty. Applejack should be in charge of the FDA. Excellent. <laughs> I don't hear you arguing. <laughs> I,
1: I'm not arguing.
0: I, I think it's really <laughs> Alright, Applejack, we're appointing you. <laughs> all right, let's move on. I, the ponies have, have hooved Okay, on to This is a Christmas special And this is in like the weird years The reason we haven't done a lot of stuff past season 4 There's like 11 seasons And like the first four are on Netflix The last few are on Hulu And everything in between you can kind of find on YouTube If you try hard enough And it's just kind of weird Like they're not all in one spot It's very strange But it's a full story It's a great story You should watch all the seasons You're just going to have to work for it (laughs) But this Christmas special I love Because it gives us an excuse not only to talk more about Flim and Flam, but also to discuss Discord. Christian, Uh, please, before we go any further, explain to our listeners, who is
1: Discord? Discord is, I defined Pinkie Pie as chaos earlier, but like, that's selling it a little short. He is this, not eldritch being, but like a reality warper of a sort who causes mischief and, like his name suggests, Discord across the land, like he can rearrange your hand or hoof in a situation and it's something else, or he can make you see something that isn't there, or he can implant ideas into your head and just talking to you, too. It's a very, uh, almost a serpent in the garden kind of sense, uh, especially early Discord. Now, later on, he's more of a troll. As time goes on, just to screw with people, which is why I love him so much. <laughs> Can't imagine why I would ever oh, do that. It's
0: great. It's so funny.
1: But like uh, along the show, like he starts off as your villain of the week, who becomes like an ally and friend of our main six here. Thanks a lot to Fluttershy. In that, I love um, she Fluttershy. Be, yeah, she befriends him like she just loves him unconditionally, and that changes his worldview to not the point that he's not always on the side of the angels. But he's a lot better than where he started.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh Man, there's a whole Christian mes- message in that backstory alone of how, which is part of it, because a lot of his motive in this episode has to do with Fluttershy, too. But yes. Fluttershy loving him just because of love's sake. Agape love is what I would call that. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Like, it, he goes from this, oh, ponies, and everyone else is beneath me, and I could care less to them for, wait a minute, how did you do that? How did you just Love and that just completely changes him. Like, yeah, I mean, like you said, he's not totally a good guy now or anything, but it's like it just dismantled him not with like weapons or like we shot magic from our unicorn, you know, like, th- like I just something about that message was really deep for a kid show on its own. That could be its own episode, <laughs> but yeah. it, it's worth mentioning here, I think. Um, but yeah, so now that we got that out of the way, the best gift ever. This episode is about what makes the best present and it doesn't do our usual kids show trope of the best present is just being together and it's not about money. Instead, it, it, deconstructs all of our different ideas of, oh, should I make a present? Does it matter if it's something unique to them? Should I just buy a present? Is buying a present itself bad? Like it actually deconstructs all of our ideas of gift giving in a pretty brilliant way. And of course, that has to involve the Flim Flam brothers. Christian, could you please describe what happens in the best gift ever?
1: All right. So it is Hearth's Warming Eve, you know, Christmas with the serial numbers filed off so a general audience can enjoy it without getting into that whole Christ thing. You know, whatever is what it is. And it is this time of the year, like same thing, Christmas, you exchange gifts with the people that you love, your friends, your family. And Twilight, of course, is freaking out because she takes everything super seriously and she's got to get the perfect gift for everyone. So, like, they all band together and say, OK, look, you're taking this to your level, uh, your Twilight level here. Sister, you got to stop. Everyone's gonna get one gift. You're gonna randomly get someone, and that person is who you're gonna be gifting something to. Which of course breaks poor Pinkie Pie's spirit because she wants to give gifts to everyone because she loves all her friends. But for Twilight's sake, she does that. And then we follow our uh, main cast here, just trying to find a perfect gift. Spike is, you know, uh, essentially uh, pulling a, a different form of white elephant to where he's like trying to find. Uh, who has rarity, so he can give her a gift? Because he's always has a huge crush on her. Uh, we're not going to get into the interspecies romance there of how that works, but this is a kid's show, and like just, and then he gets to the point where he's got what he wanted, and he doesn't know what to do. He didn't think things through. Uh, let's see, Applejack and Fluttershy are dealing with the Flim Flam Brothers who have come in and give the the hottest toy in the world. Like, you've got to get this. Everyone's buying it. And it looks like the worst <laughs> mangled little thing in the world right there. And like, of just course, truly ugly, sweet- Awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being the sweet thing she is. She just buys it because, oh, she was easily persuaded. And of course, Applejack, who has dealt with these losers over and over again, is like, OK, I see what you're pulling. You have screwed over my friend and everyone else in this town. I'm not taking this lying down goes out against them. They have this big old fake, like, oh no, do you mean that if everyone has this, it's not as special as they say it is? And that eventually gets people to stop buying it. Like, so once again, they're not inherently doing something evil, but their motivations aren't. Let's say moral. Let's put it that way. Yeah. In fact, they pl- they say that
0: outright in this episode. Like, they're like, what we did isn't technically bad. <laughs> it is yeah. so funny because even Applejack has this moment of. Which, you know, for me, gets like federalist government. How much do we trust, you know, overwatch kind of thing? Because Applejack's like, uh, hey, we can't force people not to buy this. What do we do? Because I don't want people to get ripped off. But I also can't force people to do a thing because that's wrong. And that's when they come up with the scheme to fake buy one. Be like, wait a minute. This wouldn't actually be a good gift for this. Like they make a whole scene out of it. It's great.
1: Oh, yeah. And of course, we have Rainbow Dash has got Fluttershy as her person she's supposed to get a gift to. And who should come along? Her good old buddy Discord, who's always there looking out for you, and says, oh, are you going to buy that for her? Well, we didn't think about her feelings because earlier, like, <laughs> she had asked her outright like, what do you want? What do you really like? And she's like, I love everything. It's like the worst possible person you could ask what they want for What for do you Christmas. not like? Not liking things? <laughs> So this is convinced her like, "Hey, you just follow me. Or we'll get her an animal here. This uh, what you call it? Uh, what is that thing? The weird oh, uh, winter chill of it. Winter chilla. Which is this very cute, little small animal that uh, at night grows into a giant kaiju. <laughs> so in the midst of all this, uh, Twilight is freaking out as per normal. Like she's got pinky bites and she's trying to make this great, you know, pudding dessert or something like that for her. Uh, you get shining armor and Cadence coming in, like Twilight's brother and Princess Celestia's sister, sister-in-law. I, I can't remember, who oh. sister, yeah, whoever Cadence Luna. is. Uh, and she's oh, she's no part K- of the royal right. royal family, right? It's been yeah. so long. But yeah. like, the point being, like the, Twilight is now related to them through that marriage. Oh, she's and the
0: the, uh, the queen or of uh, the Crystal he, he was Palace. was part of the guard.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And. So then, like, hey, you're doing your usual twilight. Uh, what do they call it? Twi or something like that. You're, you're you call it Twi Nana. Twi I don't and know. It's like, y- 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 you've got to relax, girl. And, of course, she freaks, causes, uses magic to uh, enhance what she's making for Pinkie Pie. But it spreads right as the, the winter chilla and everyone else is there uh, to uh, meet up for the gift exchange. It breaks into the room. And this is when Discord says, oh, yeah, this is why I brought this here so that Fluttershy can have her moment. She's found a new pet, and she's also been had a moment to be brave in front of everyone. So this was my plan all along. Ha-ha, Rainbow Dash. <laughs> and they eventually just agree, okay, we both gave her a gift. This is both of our gift." And they just hang out with each other. And Pinkie Pie had gone, I forgot to mention this, all the way to their version of the North Pole.
0: God, to yeah. <laughs> straight, to straight up goes to see Santa, deer. basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And they give her this this riddle, and it's like the answer being that you know friendship is like the greatest gift of all, and like this whole thing was provided. They knew this was going to happen, and them just having fun with each other. That's you know, why did they want to give gifts to each other? It's because they love each other.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it, it's interesting, especially because like again, you have that kid version of oh, friendship was the real gift. But also, you go through and there's like all these examples of what are bad gifts and what are good gifts, right? The bad gift is the to-get toy that they say is for everyone because it's really not great for everyone. There probably is someone who that's good for. I don't know. But um, also, I thought it was hilarious that when they pulled the string, the, the saying was, The most expensive gift is the best gift. <laughs> or, I'm a great oh, yes. for everyone because I cost lots of money. <laughs>
1: it, it's, like it's all the sayings were it. hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, the prices change based on who's there. Of course, Fluttershy gets oh, yeah. all of her money taken away, uh, all of her bits, because, like, she's an easy mark, and she's a very yeah. trusting pony, and they make a killing off of her.
0: It's so funny. So they deconstruct this. Oh, expensive gifts are good gifts. That's actually just not true. There's you got to put thought into it. It's got to be unique. But then you go into this, like, gifts that you make are the best gift. And you look at what Spike did and it's like, actually, sometimes you're not very crafty and it doesn't turn out right. <laughs> you know, so it's not just something you can make. You know, you you see um, <laughs> all these examples, but then the good gift examples, what I find interesting are like the ones where it speaks more to their personality. The good gift for Fluttershy was she never gets to be the hero. And because this particular situation was who's good with animals, she got to be the hero. And that was a good gift for her. The good gift for for <laughs> um why can't I think of her name Twilight? Was ironically, because Twilight had caused this whole chaos, her whole house was storming, because she got the wrong recipes, and it turns out that these three random things that Pinkie Pie picked up from the North Pole are the exact thing that counterbalances the chemicals and stabilizes everything. And that was a good gift, not because it fixed the problem, but because Twilight is so anxious about constantly having everything be perfect. Fixing something for Twilight is the best thing you could do for Twilight. (laughs) So it was just, it was interesting that, like, the good gifts were these, like, how you speak to their personalities. Like, how do you actually be a friend to them? Not just friendship, but, like, what does it mean to be a friend to Twilight? It means solving her problem so she's not freaking out constantly. You know, how do you be a good friend to Shutterfly? It's, Letting her be the hero for once instead of Shutterfly, buddy. Yeah, Fluttershy. (laughs) For the longest time, when I passed by where I work now, I just thought it said Fluttershy. (laughs) And now I get it backwards. Oh, man. But yeah, no, it was just, it was so interesting that, like, that's what makes the good gaps. Yes, it's friendship, but it's also specifically showing you what does it look like to be a good friend to different people. It's not just friendship, because how I'd be a good friend to Christian. It's going to look different to how I'm a good friend to TJ. I don't know if this is true about you, but let's say that Christian is like Twilight. And for Christian, it would be a really good gift if I was able to fix a problem for him. That would not be true of TJ, who for all intents and purposes is Rainbow Dash. And I'm not taking that back. Sorry, TJ. You don't listen. You can't (laughs) fight me. (laughs) But for for Rainbow Dash TJ, fixing the problem would be the worst gift because TJ needs to fix it himself. Mm-hmm. so I, like it's yeah. that nuance is interesting
1: that's me like my love language is not uh gift giving or whatever the actual term is and so it's very hard for me when i'm ever brought to the point of hey it's christmas time or it's someone's birthday let me give them a gift like i want to out of love and affection for them give them like the greatest thing possible but i always fall short of my own mind because oh, I, I forget conversations we've had. Like they said they like oh, what was that show again, or uh, they really needed this for their kitchen or something like that. And like I completely forget. But that's the good thing is that there are other people around them normally. That is their gift. Their their love language is knowing how to exchange gifts with people. Like and then learning learning other people's. You know, it's not like love languages are an absolute concept. You know. <laughs> I mean, I, there's some biblical basis for a lot of those ideas, but like I'm not going to take a bullet for it. It's a very useful uh, like tool, but don't get too far into it. It's don't get into like the uh, the astrology side of it or the let's see what have you here like the the Myers Briggs or uh, what's the other one Enneagram points. It's like yeah, those are useful ideas, but who is that person? What are people sorted towards? And like me, I'm physical touch and quality time. So to come to me, give me a gift, like really, sometimes it's just hanging out with people and I need to learn, okay, that works for me. What works for you? How do I love you well to give that, give you something that will mean something to you and not just what I think is a good idea. And that's something that girls learned through this episode. Yeah. Not just that.
0: There's a few other things that, but another one of the adult themes that I think is accessible to some kids There is a mental health aspect of this. Like you see with Twilight actually has such bad anxiety. That's why they decided to do this version of gifting instead of having to find a gift for everyone. You know, they're all actually investing in Twilight in what is best for her mental health all throughout this episode, because Mm -hmm. these kind of things are especially hard for people like her. And it's funny because I, I like to point that out because you said touch was one of your gifts. So this is another fun example it might be great of you to show love to the Christian with like, like a deep long hug. I get really anxious when people touch me. If you just come up and hug me, I might just barf on you. (laughs) Like I'm not here for it, (laughs) but that doesn't mean I don't love you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like,
1: yeah, no, we do. That's how I've always been. And we have a mutual friend in college, uh, Cameron, who does not enjoy uh, normally (laughs) without being very close with people. Physical touch. And I learned that in junior year. And I was like, nobody doesn't like hugs. So I went up and I grabbed him a big old hug. And there was just black hole that was (laughs) sucking me in. And I go, oh, no, I've made a mistake. How could this be a mistake? What have I done wrong? Well, I wasn't loving him in the manner that's best towards loving him. Now, as time has gone on, he has grown. And he allows me, like we meet up once a year. I get to hug him when we meet each other. And I get to hug him when I leave. And that is a reward I gained over time from learning how to love him better. Not that that's why I did all that, but to like learn how to love other people better is always good. Learn what they like, what they don't like, and just be real with them.
0: Yeah. And that's a that's another reason why I think this episode included the Flynn Flame brothers. I think they were intentionally also commenting not only on what does it mean to be a good friend to different people, but also why. That applies to some political situations. Not one gift is best for all. You can't just have one money system that works out for everybody. I Mm -hmm. I think there is a message, even though it was not direct, but the message here can apply to the same reasoning that I take for why I'm not a big fan of federal government. I want state government. I want super local government. I want it as localized as possible for that very reason, right? Because what works here in South Carolina might be the worst possible situation in California. And back, you know, vice versa, like what works perfectly for them and makes them wealthy and better off here might make everyone just more poor (laughs)
1: because it's it's not the same everywhere. Just like not every person's the same. That's the same way, too. It's like it makes a lot of sense for there to be incredibly strict gun laws in like Chicago or New York, where there's a lot of people really around you all the time. And a lot of evil can be done if the wrong people get their hands on that, as opposed to somewhere like Wyoming. Where there's a lot of critters around there that you need to be protected from if you encroach upon their territory like and that's one of the reasons why people will have guns there not we're not here to talk about gun control here for this mm-hmm. but like just as an example <laughs> of area affecting like why laws are different in different areas and I'm a small government person myself, but I can't always be a small government person I need a bigger government at some point in time to make sure we're all on the same page
0: yeah yeah like well, there there are Definite benefits to the the larger government idea, um, especially when we're talking about like, you know, sometimes. So this is just funny because this this is a little bit more specific to America, but it works the same way everywhere. This is just an example, um, especially earlier on. You know, you were going to have seasons where the north were going to be doing a lot better off with crops and stuff. And then you're going to have seasons where the south was going to do a lot better off with crops and stuff. So it makes sense in your desperate times that you can lean on each other. I think the problem is when you try to make it completely even across the board. Realistically, I'm in the South. I should be doing better off in the spring and fall. <laughs> I should be a little bit harder off in the winter. <laughs> and that's okay. It was my choice to live in the South. Um, and, you know, I know people, you talk talking about the gun stuff. Like I know people who live in areas that are so remote that it's actually easier to get meat by hunting and then taking it to get carved than it is to go out to the grocery store. So yeah, different, but anyway, so there you go. Best gift ever. Commercialism, anti-federalism and mental health care. Weren't expecting that when you listen to yeah, that, were you? My little pony. Um, <laughs> overall. So we talked about a lot of really big themes all throughout these three episodes. I love them all. Um, as far as like what you care most about, which of these themes you know not necessarily in America but like in whatever context you find yourself in, like what are the most important things to you that we've talked about?
1: um I would definitely say like you know, learning how to love your friends is a big one, also learning your place in the market, like we have buying power, we get to say with our money who we support and that goes a long way. and We need to be aware of where that money's going. Now, are you going to be totally 100% aware all the time? No, but it pays to know. It pays to be involved. Hmm.
0: To absolutely no one's surprise. I think my biggest one is uh, this honesty over utilitarianism. <laughs> like, do not vote for someone because you think it's going to get what you want or because you're so afraid of the other side. Like, I don't know, like, like not just American. Like, I'm just. That is a specific thing that I do think matters, when we're here in our context. Um, but outside of that context, you know, don't go to a church because you think they're going to say messages that you'd prefer to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Don't side with Iron Man because it's going to technically make us safer if we take control of the situation. Side with Cap because what is happening is wrong, <laughs> You know, I like I think it really does matter that we have integrity and we're honest about what we're doing now. And we're not just doing it because we like the outcome, but because we truly think that the actions we're taking are right actions, because you do not know and you cannot see the future. You do not know what the outcome actually will be. So utilitarianism, like not only do I think it's immoral, I think it's stupid because you can't guarantee, you know, like I cannot say because. You know, what? at the end of the day, this is making Granny Apple happier. So I'm not going to tell her about the tonic because I want her to be happy. Because I don't know whether or not she might just decide to jump off 20 feet tall diving board into a bucket and kill herself. Like, yeah, that's dark. That's my little pony. It's true it's just something that it just, it kills me that people don't seem to get it like in our, you know, politics when it comes to our government stuff. They don't get it when it comes to the church. They don't get it when it comes to their dialogue on social media. Like this is just something that I desperately wish people would understand better, including myself, because sometimes I, I also do that. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that side rant aside, one last question before the wrap up. When I was in college, after you showed me and I showed my other friends and I had a whole group of people watching it myself, it you have to spread the good news of My Little Pony. Yeah. One thing that some of my friends did, we all identified which one of us we see as like what pony we see ourselves in the most. We also, for some reason, just chose what we would most like, which if we're looking for a future marriage partner, who which pony we want them to be most like. We're not going to do that here. We're going to skip no, that no. one. <laughs> Please, no. Although I could tell you, Tiffany doesn't listen. So I'll just go ahead and tell you she's also Rainbow Dash. (laughs) Christian, what pony do you see yourself as out of this bunch the most?
1: It's so funny. You know, I mentioned John earlier and uh, Catherine, another friend of ours, made fun of him because his favorite is Rainbow Dash. And, you know, my favorite (laughs) is Fluttershy. And like John is. He's got Fluttershy characteristics, not totally. And I've got some very Rainbow Dash characteristics of I'm the best, do it my way. Uh, We're going to get things done and just look at me, look at me, look at me Uh, on my worst days and on some of my best days. I'm very much like her.
0: I'm going to have the most conceited answer I think possible. And I apologize. But I really do see myself in Twilight a lot. I used to would have said Applejack because I'm big on honesty and that's still true when i really line things up the anxiety check the love of books check the reluctant i kind of see myself end up in leadership spots a lot yep check you know like i'm going through and i'm like i i hate how conceited it is to say i'm the main character but <laughs> i'm like man, that that anxiety that's me all the way and, and She has this thing of, like, it's still arrogance, but it's not the same as, like, Rainbow Dash, I'm the best arrogance. Hers is, she knows she can make things perfect, so we're going to make things perfect. And I think that's one of my biggest flaws. And since I mostly think of my own flaws, that's why I see myself
1: as Twilight. She probably would have been my second pick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I almost still said Applejack just because I didn't want to be that that jerk who was like, I'm the main character. (laughs) But here we are. Here we are. And now, now. Guess what time it is? What time? It's time for our wrap up. So, Christian, what recommendation do you have for anyone listening or you know watching? We're doing this live right before the Republican first Republican nominee debate. I'm probably saying that wrong.
1: But what's your recommendation for everybody? Well, my recommendation for every pony out there right now is to not do what <laughs> I was going to say. Yes, uh, you're welcome was going to be my what I've been geeking out on and that is I'm replaying Kingdom Hearts 1.5
0: no, at, do that. at this current <laughs>
1: moment. Uh, I love it. The right I there's a lot of things I don't like about the game. I despise the platforming. So my recommendation is that you know if you want to get in the series play the game, but skip to 2 and things are just a lot better as time goes on. I have to tell you that he's
0: wrong. 1 is superior to 2 easily. Like hands down uh, superior. Although, I do think that's mostly because I just like the story better. And, fun fact, just real quick. I didn't know what an RPG was when I first played Kingdom Hearts. I made it to the very, very last boss with just the original Keyblade. All right. And then when someone told me what RPGs were, I changed all my things, and I was no longer stuck on the last boss. I think it died in three hits. (laughs) Like, literally... (laughs) You just had to hit it, and it was like, boom, next cutscene. One hit, boom, next cutscene.
1: <laughs> it's like, ah. Oh, well, you wow. know, <laughs> if you play it that way now, you get a trophy. Really? Never once changing your your equipment.
0: Oh, uh, man. That's, now I kind of want to. I'm going to recommend, instead, uh, a book that's, uh, you know, there's the, we all watched the play, Alexander Hamilton. Um, I got to say, the the book... Hamilton, The Revolution. It, it's good. It's really good. It gives you a lot of the history that the play kind of based some stuff off of. Shows you just a lot of like fun facts and all that kind of thing. I I think it's worth it. Personally, I think it's a good book just because I love the play so much, though. So if you're not as huge a geek about the play as me, it there is a strong potential that it's not worth it.
1: Yeah, it, it's a good play. It's also very charitable towards Hamilton. So, that Not
0: YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, do all that good stuff. If you're not, go ahead and review our show on whatever podcast listening format you're on. Or go to Podchaser, that does help a little bit more. But, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those things help as well. It's, you know, trick the algorithm to make everyone think that we're awesome. Um <laughs> Make sure you check the show notes down below for a playlist of the whole series of our primary political shows, pods, whatever. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more extra content like our book ketchup, manga mustard, or drinks with Tegis. And remember, we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests.